Hello, lovelies. Um, today, we're going to go into episode five, which is a continuation to my series of transparencies and my toxic traits that I have overcome or am still working through. So today's episode is going to be about addictions. I will talk more, I will touch more on addictions in other episodes, Um, things such as dating an addict, co-parenting with an addict, uh, being the child of an addict, things like that. But today, we are talking about me and my toxic traits. So, today is only going to be about my addictions and um, different ones that I've overcome, how I got started on them, and addictions that people probably don't realize that they even have. So my own addictions, um, like most other people, have been my toxic coping mechanisms to avoid dealing with my pain, my traumas that I don't want to work through, um, healings that I've not done, things like that. So it's basically just a numbing agent Um, And I feel like that's the way it is for a lot of people. So I have several different addictions. I um, am what you would call an addictive personality, I suppose. I think that addictive personalities oftentimes come with um, people who have a lot of trauma that they haven't healed and I really feel like that everybody has the ability to have an addictive personality. It's just whether or not you're willing to work through those traumas and those pains that you feel or whether or not you just want to numb them and shove them back down in further, which we all know will fester out eventually. So um, I do feel like that my addictive personality has gotten better over the years as I have worked through my healing and which is the reason why I feel like I can discuss it now. Uh, so the, the first time I age that I remember, um, beginning addictions or numbing myself from the pain was 12 years old. And that's whenever I began smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol and doing drugs. And now that I'm 31 years old, I just feel like that's insane. Um, 12-year-olds are babies, literally. And I'm not saying that everything I did at 12 was given to me by an adult because it wasn't always given to me by an adult. Sometimes, you know, I was a kid, like I'd steal cigarette butts out of the ashtray, things like that. But there are other things such as the drugs that were most definitely given to me by adults. And I just can't fathom that now that I am an adult. It's heartbreaking. And so when I was 12, I didn't I didn't know the um, impact that these things would have on my life, especially at that age. And this is like I had j- literally just completed a dare program within a year of me starting drugs, which is crazy to me. Because I remember whenever I started, the first time I did meth was right before I turned 13. And I remember when I did it, I had never, I had no idea what meth was. I didn't even know, 
I mean, I knew that I was doing drugs because I had been smoking weed at that point for a little bit. And so I knew I was like doing drugs, quote unquote, but I didn't know like what level of drugs I was doing or the impact. Maybe I just didn't listen good enough in DARE. I don't know. It didn't, obviously it didn't keep my attention because I have no idea what I learned in DARE other than that alcohol and tobacco was bad. I remember that. But I don't remember anything about meth or heroin or pills or anything like that. And so when I was introduced to meth at 12 years old, I <clears throat> I really didn't know what I was getting into. I mean, that's, maybe that's an excuse, but I had no idea. And so um, some of that, I feel, was a lack of education, which I feel like now as a parent um, that... You know, that's something that I have to keep in mind that educating my child about the things that are in this world, whether that be sex or drugs or alcohol or whatever, um, giving him that proper education and that information so that when it is um, put in front of him and it inevitably will be put in front of him at some point in his lifetime, that he knows what he's looking at and what um, it's about and can make an educated decision on whether or not he chooses to do it. Um, That's really, I feel like, the best thing I can do as a parent. That is totally off topic from what I was getting at. But, um, so, drugs and alcohol were a, um, have been an addiction in my lifetime for many years. Um, I mean, that, I, so that, if I started at 12 and I'm 31, that was 19 years ago. I'm very glad to say that I did quit smoking this year. So uh, January 1st of 2020, I quit smoking. And that's really nice because 19 years of smoking, I've quit a couple of different times. But this is the first time I've quit on my own and continued. um, I'm a month and a half in now. So that's really awesome. And um, for a 19-year addiction to have that hold on me. And to finally feel like I've really broke it. That's really awesome. Um, As far as drugs and alcohol goes, I quit doing drugs many years ago. I walked away from that addiction many years ago. I'm not really sure what triggered it other than just watching um, different people's lives falling apart. But um, alcohol was always still an issue for me. I always, uh, my last episode, I talked about anger and I talked about you know, that I would get drunk and let my anger out and like how that was like a coping mechanism for me. Drinking is definitely one of those things. And so I've had to really think about like, am I drinking socially because I just want to drink with my friends and, and you know, that's what we're doing right now. Or am I drinking because I had a bad day and I need to drink this drink to make my day better? Or am I drinking because Well, I can't sleep, so I have to have these two drinks every night before I go to sleep. You know, what is it that I'm drinking for? What's the reason behind it? I'm a firm believer that you are still allowed to live your life um, without being considered an addict. Like, you're going to do things that aren't necessarily, um, you know, the most healthy or the best or whatever you want to call it to society, but... That doesn't mean that you can be a better person and overcome addictions and things like that without having to shut down your entire life. 
I don't see a problem with somebody going out and socially drinking with their friends. I see a problem if somebody goes out and socially drinks with their friends every single night. I see a problem if somebody wakes up every morning and smokes a joint and has to smoke weed from the time they wake up until the time they go to bed every single day. I've literally dated somebody who, if he did not wake up, well, when he woke up, until he smoked a joint, like, you literally walked on eggshells because he was so awful without it. And if he went one day without weed, it was hell for anybody that was around him. So I don't believe that addictions are just, uh, you know, meth, heroin, alcohol, whatever either. Another addiction that I, uh, one of my biggest addictions that I have to fight and still I feel like, I, I feel like I've just started to really over, I, I've just recently overcome this. Uh, but I do feel like that all of these you can always slide back into, obviously, if you're not working through your healing and and dealing with your pain in the proper ways. Uh, but sex is an addiction that I have spent many, many years living in. And before I go any further, I want to make a statement on this because I firmly disagree with sex shaming or slut shaming. And I 100% support casual and consensual sex. That is, I don't believe that is our business at all. How people's sex life go, how many people that they have sex with, anything of that sort. Sexual freedom is something that I feel like is, that I support to the max. That being said, I do tell people all the time that although I fully support sexual freedom, um, I do not support it when you are using it as a toxic coping mechanism, which I have done my entire life, uh, my entire adult life. So I have used sex as whenever I'm searching for love or I need a cure for pain or to fill a void or I'm, my heart is hurting. I have used sex to try to overcome that. FYI, that's never worked. <laughs> Just so everybody knows. Um, anytime that I have sex and I walk away feeling shameful, I know that I had sex for the wrong reason. Uh, I didn't have sex for the pleasure of enjoying the sex, but I had sex because I was looking to fill a void that can't be filled through random sex. So, um, I sex was an addiction. It is an addiction. and it's something that I just recently feel like that I've started to truly overcome and um, walk away from it being an addiction and uh, and allow it to be a positive aspect of my life again. Um, I had to learn the difference between unhealthy sex and healthy sex and that's different for every person I feel like. That's a personal journey. It's not something that I, that like what works for me works for somebody else. Um, But for me personally, um, I had to know when I was using it. I had to pay attention and be able to recognize when I was using it as um, a way to forget about what I needed to deal with or when I was using it because I just enjoy the physical aspect or the feeling of sex. Um, 
like I said, I am a firm, firm supporter of sexual freedom. But I do feel like that we oftentimes confuse sexual freedom with that addiction to the coping mechanism of it. And I think that we have to know the difference and we have to be able to say, you know, I got some shit that I need to work out in my life right now. So I probably need to take a little bit of a break from sexual activity in order to make sure that I work through that void or cure that pain or whatever it may be. Um, without utilizing sex as a way for me to numb it out. The same way that we would alcohol. Uh, you know, I if I'm having, I said in my last episode, if I'm having a bad day, I know that I cannot drink alcohol without getting my headspace right first. And it's the same way with sex, I feel like. It changes our uh, chemistry and... Um, so we use it as a numbing agent and if we're using it as a numbing agent, then that's when I feel like it becomes more of like an addiction. Um, for me personally, my journey in self-love is what has, and confidence has been huge for me with both addictions, um, like drugs and alcohol and sex and even cigarette addiction, tobacco addiction. That's been my journey with self love has probably been what has helped me overcome those so much, but especially sex addiction. Because I'm not searching for somebody to fill a void of love inside of me anymore. Um, I am doing that for myself. And that, that's a freedom that is amazing to feel. And that empowers your sexual freedom because you're loving yourself so much that like you don't, you're not needing to go out and seek sexual um, activities or attention in order to try to feel a temporary love. And that's what it is. I mean that your self-love is constant. Once you get there and you can hold it, I mean it takes maintenance, yes, but it's constant it doesn't go away. You don't do something and feel self feel loved and then like 5 minutes later feel like your cup is empty. Uh, like you just dumped it out in that activity that you were trying to feel love from. And I feel like that's what what sex is when we're using it in a manner of trying to find that void something to fill that void. Um it's like we're we're um trying to get our cup filled, but in turn, we're actually dumping our cup. And so we feel more empty afterwards. That's how I felt anyways. I mean, this could be different for every single person. I guarantee you it's different for every single person, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that relates to the way that I feel about it, um, with all of these addictions. And so this is my journey. So self-love has been amazing, has seriously helped me, um, not only with sex as an addiction, but also learning about my own sexuality and where I stand and feel in things like, um, you know, being uh, gay or straight or somewhere in between or being monogamous or polymory or somewhere in between or um, things like that, which that's a whole nother series that we're going to get into later. But... Um, overcoming sex as an addiction and utilizing self-love in order to do that 
um, healing those traumas and that pain and being able to step out of sex as an addiction and, and be able to remember that sex is a pleasure instead of um, a coping mechanism has been probably one of the most empowering journeys that I've ever had. And I encourage anybody that is utilizing sex as a coping mechanism to try their hardest to work through that addiction because it is, that was far more empowering, I feel like, than, um, you know, quitting cigarettes or overcoming an addiction to drugs or anything like that because there's just a lot more to sex as an addiction. Um, There's a lot of other addictions I feel like people overlook. Um, So I went ahead and listed a few in my notes just to kind of give an idea some of these I actually need to work through um, a little bit myself, honestly. Um, but things like food, um, binge eating, eating disorders. I talked about that a couple episodes ago. Uh, things like gambling. Things like working out. Yes, I know that the gym and working out is healthy. And it's something that I am currently doing, you know. But <clears throat> it can 100% become an unhealthy addiction. Um, so that is, I feel like that's something that we need to pay attention to is that um, even healthy things can be unhealthy when used to um, an extreme. Um, so internet, internet can be an addiction. Porn, shopping, video games, plastic surgery, adrenaline. You can have an addiction to adrenaline. Um, so there's a lot of different things that people may not even realize that they have addictions to, but they do. Um, and so I think that the, the like big thing with addictions and, and recognizing your own addictions and maybe like, I guess, overcoming them, but also remembering that you just need to enjoy your life. You should still be able to enjoy, to do the things that you enjoy. You know, I enjoy going out and having drinks with my friends. Am I addicted to alcohol when I do that? No, I don't believe I am. I enjoy sex. Does that mean I'm addicted to sex? No, I don't believe it does. I can enjoy sex without being addicted to it. But I do believe that you have to know when it's having a negative impact on your health and your life. And when I say your health and your life, that could mean mental, emotional, physical, financial, anything that if something is being done to the extreme that it is having a negative impact on yourself and you know that you're doing too much of it to where it is, then you're probably using it wrong. So I just really think that we need to focus on, you know, making sure that we pay attention to what is negatively impacting us, what we're using as a numbing agent rather than working through our pains and traumas um, and being able to uh, moderately do the things that we enjoy rather than relying on them. So again, go out, enjoy your life, do the things that you enjoy, but pay attention. Know when it's having a negative impact.